Teammates, teammates, teammates. Oh my goodness. How much I truly, 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 truly appreciate the ones who have been tuning in with me. Can you believe that we've gone over a year into this podcasting journey? I'm telling you, I appreciate you guys so much for for all that you've done and all the the listening. And I've grown so much of, of a per so I've grown so much as a person since that time. So with that, I just have to tell you, I this is the officially the last episode of season one. You know, you're st- I'm still gonna be posting weekly content after this, and I figured it's only right that I let you listen to an interview that I had with my very first guest, Taj Deshawn, on a podcast that he hosts titled "The Power of Story" podcast. So I figured I'll let you guys tune into that and make that the official last season, uh, last episode of season one. So between now and I'd say mid, late, I mean early to mid August. I'm going to just be posting, though, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, you know, I do weekly book reviews. So I'll just be posting those book reviews on this podcast until about mid-August. And then once mid-August happens, man, I'll, you know, sports marketing classes that I'll be teaching. I got the Move Swiftly workshops. I got the new book, Make You Move Out. I mean, there are going to be so many things. I'm going to be making this show more of a live interactive things where we can you know, really help athletes on the spot. Be brand new guests. I'm going to be doing so many more solo episodes. I mean, it's going to be the the goal of this is to become in a show that happens every day where there's new content every day. So, you know, just stay on the lookout for now. But again, I figured I'll let you guys listen to the interview I did with Todd a few weeks ago, Todd, the power of story. And if, if you really, really been listening to the Move Swiftly podcast from day one, you will be amazed at the growth of this thing and how it's really taken off. So again, you know, without that, I want to keep you on here for doing, I want to make this intro for too, too long, but I, I appreciate you guys tuning in, man. Continue to, to support, continue to go to makeyourmove.com. There's a wealth of information on that website. There's so many new things happening and just, you know, without that, without, without further ado, you know, shut up as when you, 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 you're getting preaching on them. You start to preach on them. I'm going to let you guys listen to the power of story podcast. Enjoy it. Teammates. We, We'll continue to move swiftly, and we will talk more soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Power of Story podcast. This is Taj Deshaun, Vice President of Self-Publishing 30 Days. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Mr. Aswan Crunchshake. He's a trainer and author and the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting. Me and this man go way back. We played college football together. He's always been like a big brother to me, not only while we were playing together at Stony Brook, but even life after the game. He's always dropped gems on me, told me what books to read. I'm sure we'll dive into all that. I really want to get into his story, but I'm going to give him a quick introduction, and then we're just going to take it from there. So while Aswan was both playing football and working towards a college degree, he spent his time working at a fitness center and saw a genuine connection between athletic programs and fitness franchises. After he graduated, he worked as a college scout a high school football coach and a fitness consultant and teaching became his passion. He then built an online feature that allows coaches of any level or any sport to announce the type of athletes that would make a great fit on their team so they can stay ready for a tryout. Aswan says, stay ready so you don't need to get ready. Aswan, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, man. I definitely appreciate that intro, man. And likewise with you, the, the work you're doing is incredible want all the listeners to know that right off the back, he said it best. We go way back, and I've seen it 
from the start. And this, we ain't even close to the end. We should be still at the start, to be honest with you. Not even close, man. Not even close. One of my, I'm just going to share this real quick before we dive into you. I'm, I'm going to be selfish for a second. This just goes to show you the power that you never know how someone can influence your life. So me and this man, we used to spend a lot of time, you know, of course, drinking, partying, being college kids. Um, and he graduated a couple of years ahead of me. And one of the biggest blessings that he like bestowed upon my life, not to sound all dramatic, but one of the best things that Asmon did for me was get me back into reading. He reignited my passion for reading. Before I was a jock, before I started playing football, I loved reading. And then of course you just get roped up and being a jock and just kind of read just to pass your classes. But two, like after he graduated, I was, still, I was still playing and he sent me a list of books like, Taj, you need to read these. And those books, like I still have on my shelf today, they still impact my life today. And they really kind of got the seed planted for me to go into entrepreneurship, which, which uh, led me to where I'm at now. But let's, I want to start with you, man. I want to dive into this just really quickly. Like, just talk to me about, I want to hear your story. Just what was life, life like for you immediately after graduating, after you left Stony Brook? Let's start there. What happened after that? Life was rough. Life was rough. <laughs> there's, no, there's no other way to put it. And it was rough from the perspective of everything you just shared. You just said it. You were on scholarship, right? You were on scholarship. And it was someone else that had to get you back into reading. Now, I, I went to a high school that was known across, like nationally known. I'm talking Stephen Diggs. I'm talking Kendall Fuller. I'm talking guys that if you didn't get a scholarship out of this high school, you would have felt like a failure. So that word scholarship, ever since it came into my life, has like just distorted my view on the world. So when I was around guys like you who were quote unquote scholarship guys and I was a walk on, it was rough during Stony Brook and it was rough after Stony Brook. And it's even rough. It's even rough now, you know, no matter how much success and I have a podcast now, I have a book now, I have things that I'm doing for myself. It's never going to stop being rough because I, I've always walked around with that mentality of a walk on. I've always mm. walked around with that, that idea. Like it doesn't matter how good things may feel or how much money I may have or the things I'm doing now after Stony Brook, you know, I had to go work at a gym it was overnight and I wouldn't sleep. I would be working overnight. I'd be cleaning up. And I said this on my podcast a few weeks ago, I'd be, I have a college degree and I'm wiping treadmills, cleaning bathrooms, doing all kinds of things that a person with a quote unquote college degree shouldn't be doing. Like my dad is on my ass talking about, well, you're a college student, you're a college graduate. You shouldn't be having to do it. But I was willing to do it because I was a walk on and I was scouting during the day, just like he just mentioned at the beginning. I was scouting during the day and then working at a gym at night and I was seeing a connection, but man, when you, when you talk about life was rough, it was rough, Taj, rough, straight up. <laughs> There's no other word for me to describe that, but having to deal with a bunch of stuck up scholarship kids and then have to clean a gym with a manager who really wasn't passionate about what he was doing. But I was seeing something. It's like, I was seeing a connection. I just stayed focused and said, you know what? Keep building that connection. Hmm. Man, that's huge. I think that walk on that walk on mentality that you just shared can be applied to any arena of life. Like just having that, right. like nothing is going to be handed to you. And you did a great job of outlining that, man, because, you know, this is going to be on the on the Thrive After Sports podcast as well. And I think for anybody listening on there, like you outlined that life was not easy just because you got a degree. You know, Pops was on you talking about, hey, what are you doing? You, you shouldn't have to do that. But you were willing to do it. And it's what you had to do to survive. So 
Mm -hmm. Talk to me about like what happened next. You're wiping down treadmills, you know, just trying to make ends meet. And then what happened after that? Then it, you know, over time, the idea of gym 44 hit me. And this, here's what, here's what really happened is I continued to see this connection between, all right, if I'm going out scouting, I'm, I'm going to, and it was a different high school every single day. And it, I'm talking about girls sports, volleyball, softball, field hockey. I'm a, a different sport every day. This wasn't just a football thing. I was seeing the connection between someone needing a gym who wants to be recruited and a gym owner needing more members. So I was seeing that connection. I just put my own, I put it into a business plan and I named it Gym 44. And when I first started, it was like a 30 page paper, a 30 page package, a bunch of trimmings, just a bunch of shit that was just so, I was so far off with where it is now. <laughs> and I, I tried to present it, I tried to present it to that same manager and he, he only took the parts of it that he understood. Like he was a math whiz. So he just understood how it was going to make money and all this other shit. And he pretty much for the most part blew me off. And I just got tired. Once the website, once I got the website up, I got tired of being told no. Like I'd go to athletic directors and I try to present it and they go, well, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on her, but they'd be like, F you, you know, <laughs> they'd be like, I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to, I don't want anything to do. I don't know your name. I can't pronounce your name. I just don't want to listen to it. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to start my own team. I'm going to start my own team. I'm going to start my own minor league team. And I was going to name it the Ocean City Sharks. And I was moving on that. That was the idea, actually, that really got people interested in what I was doing. I was getting a lot of requests. There was a lot of people that were trying to get on with what I was doing. And I felt so confident about that idea that I quit my job. I just couldn't take it. I couldn't do the overnight thing anymore. And that's when life really, I, I, it was like 20, I was 25, 24 going on 25. And I, I went to Ocean City. I got all the contacts. I mean, I'd spend days just networking, became a member of the chamber. I was getting so many contacts. I mean, I got the city so excited about this team. And I made the biggest mistake by promising the players money when I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the money to pay myself. I was living out of my car. <laughs> I was literally in Ocean City sleeping in my car just because I knew that this million-dollar idea was going to break, and I was promising players a certain amount of money. And then when it, the word kind of got around that I didn't have the money or I wasn't going to be the one with it, I was just kind of the guy that was spreading the idea, everything just fell apart. I'm talking car repossessed, bankrupt, lost my phone, lost everything Taj like everything mm -hmm. known to man <laughs> I had to carpool with my mom to to work and this is how and I just want to say this now because I know my mom listens to a lot of my my talks that woman saved my life because and she taught me everything I needed to know as soon as everything just fell apart for me and I had to move back home she goes you know what you can drop me to work while you go and look for a job she goes don't let anything hold you back so I dropped my mom to work and I go and I go on job interviews and get set up. And luckily I found a job at LA fitness as a sales consultant and boom, boom ski. <laughs> That's what it all happened because listen, this is how crazy life is. The, the guy I ended up working for at LA fitness, guess where he was from? Where? Ocean city. Went to the same, <laughs> went to that, all this time I spent networking and all this shit. This, this month. Oh, geez. I, I got to remember. I can't, we're not, we're not in the locker room. This, Person. <laughs> it's all good, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this person 
who is from Ocean. His name is Dupree, and you know he actually we, we connected again. But he's from Ocean City, and he was teaching me just how to sell gym memberships. I was walking in kind of with that same mentality that I, that you, a lot of you scholarship guys had. It's like, look, I have this company called Gym 44. I know it's going to work for me. This, this sales stuff is going to be easy. And he goes, yo, Aswan, no, 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 no. You're talking about athletes. I want you to transition to selling to people. I'm talking about the people that just moved to the community. They want to find a new gym. I'm talking about a, a single mother that that's having to, to get her body right, get her mind right for you know, a new life. I'm just talking about people that have moved beyond sports. Todd, that moment absolutely changed my life. And I talked about it a little bit in Swiftly. That moment was my transition. So when he Ooh. said those things to me, where I realized, okay, you're thinking too small, Aswan. You're still stuck in that scholarship mentality. You're still walking around trying to get Coach P to try to impress Coach P to get a scholarship. You got to let that, let that stuff go. It's over. <laughs> it's right. over. You're not getting a scholarship anymore. That word is out of your life. Now it's time for you to connect with people. And for a while there, the website was down. Dodge. Like for a while, the Gym 44 wasn't open. Uh, I mean, the, the website just was down. I told myself, I got to get, well, all right, I'll, I'll give you guys, I'll tell you guys what really happened. I met this girl. <laughs> I met this girl. <laughs> and I found out that her little brother was playing at a local high school. And this is how deep I am. This is how deep I am in this business. I didn't want to meet anyone that was, that I didn't meet through the business. So I decided to go coach at that particular high school that her little brother was at. And he was a junior. So I gave myself two seasons there. And, and I say like before I felt bad about it, but then I realized the more I think about it, it's because I want this so bad. I, I, I'm that type of person to where I've been around it since I was seven years old is, I'm not going to waste a woman's time. I'm only in it if you all in. Mm -hmm. Now, she blew me off and all that stuff, but I, I learned something about what I was willing to do at that point. And at that point is when I decided to move to Florida. Because there was nothing wrong with me wanting to build a family through all the things I've learned. I just was thinking small. I was just thinking too small. And if, if anyone's listening in, I know there's a lot of people listening in that are, are, are trying to get somewhere in life. If there's one thing that you could take away from this conference, from my story, don't think small. Do not mm. think too small. Dream big, dog. I'm going to be 32 years old in January. And I'm telling you, if, if there was one thing I wish I would have done in my 20s, is just dream bigger. Accept the fact that when you got that drive, when you got that dog, don't let, don't let little things keep you back. Dream big. Dream big. I know I went wow. off on a tangent, but, you know. <laughs> You kind of asked that you asked one of those like long, long winded questions. That's a loaded question, bro. I knew I knew I was going to yeah. get some good juicy stuff out of that one, man. I knew you were going to share the story. Like, and I'm glad that right. you finished it up with some advice, too, because I mean, first of all, shout out to moms, man. Shout out to mom for holding it down during that time, giving you the words of encouragement that you needed, because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but based on what I know about you and the way you just shared the story again, that would be rock bottom in the, in the ballad of Aswan Crookshank, right? That moment. Rock bottom. I mean, <laughs> it, it was a point, dog. We, we were just, and she was so into the other, this is how, this is how the idea really, this is how crazy it was. All right. We're talking about a semi-pro football team. I found a location named the university of Maryland, Eastern shore that we were going to be able to use for free. That's a big mm -hmm. deal. It's a college campus. They do club football. 
I found a location that they were going to use for free. I found, and this is Ocean City, so there's so much space and so much land. I found a piece of land in which they were going to let everything, let us build a facility, let us build a stadium and all that stuff. And then I had Gym 44 already moving where the players were coming in. And if I had not made the decision that it was just the money, so everything was in place. Everything was in place. It's just the money didn't come in in time. And, you know, my name, they just didn't know me personally. You know, when you don't know someone and you're talking about a, a million dollar investment, you're just kind of sticky with the person. So right. everything just came crashing down one day in the house and my mother just grabbed me and hugged me. Cause I mean, I was like going crazy. I told her by 25, I'll be out of there. I'll have it all set up. And she just hugged me and embraced me and just let it all go. She's just like, let it out, bro. Let it out. It's okay. It's okay. Wow. 25 is not old. 24, 25 is not old. And that's my point to a lot of the people that are listening in is with this football thing that we got going with this scholarship stuff, with, with the, the comfort that we feel on these college campuses when you wake up every morning and you have this nice water fountain to walk by and everything, your books all laid out for you, your uniforms laid out for you. You're, you're just, you're just spoiled. You're spoiled. All right. We're going to say it straight up. You're going to say, we're going to tell it like it is. You're spoiled. That's not the real world. I'm just giving it to you straight up. That is not the real world. Right. Man, hey, I think that that's important that you share that, man. People definitely need to hear that. Um, not only are you are we spoiled living inside that bubble. You know, I had a I had a girl my senior year. You remember the girl I was dating senior year? We were living at that yeah, spot. Yeah, we won't put the name out. We won't, we won't put, put the, the name out there. She actually <laughs> told me that, man. She told me I was I was spoiled, and I got pissed about it. Like she told exactly right. what you're telling me right now. You know, I was asking her to do something for me, like, and she told me, like, man, you you really have to learn to do these things on your own because you know all your stuff is handed to you like you just said so that's a great mm -hmm. point man and and i think that's why it's so difficult you know going into the next stage in life when you're done playing your sport because we are spoiled for so many years and you really are kind of like learning to walk for the first time whereas everyone else for the past four years even if they didn't go to college everyone else since the age yeah. of 18 they've been learning to walk since they walked across the stage of high school you know or since they got to college and we just figured that out at 22. and then another thing man that i want to bypass is like that feeling that you described of hugging your mom at 25 and just kind of letting it all out and feeling right. like it's the end of the world. <laughs> There's so many people going through that right now who have, who have gone through that. And um, right. that is like one of the most, that fall from grace of not only like being an unemployed college grad or having a business fall through or, you know, whatever yeah. the case is and just feeling trapped at home is one of the most right. hopeless feelings. Um, you know, okay, anyway, we, we can go on. We can go on, on a tangent on this one, but we'll be on here for three hours. I just want to talk to you right. about like, <laughs> what happens next? You have the fall from grace, you hit rock bottom, you meet the girl, you move to Florida. What happens when you get to Florida and you start dreaming bigger? Oh man, well, when I got to Florida, I, I ran into a lot of the same problems. I really did because I just, it was after, it was after Thanksgiving and no one knew, <laughs> no one knew why I was doing it. No one really understood because I, for years, I kept it quiet for years. I wouldn't talk about the ocean city shark stuff for years. It was just, you know, I was once coaching high school now because I, I was able to put up a wall. It's like, all right, now he's coaching high school. Now he's doing this. So if you talk to me, you would think everything was fine. It's like, I had a mm -hmm. friend who would tell me all the time, like people don't really don't know what's going on in your personal life. 
They really don't. So it was very random when I decided to move to Florida. But I get to Florida, and it's in the middle of the night, and I'm driving. My dad, luckily, my dad let me use his car, and this was a 20-year-old Mercedes-Benz that only by the grace of God <laughs> made it from Maryland to Florida. A 16-hour drive. I don't know how it happened. 16 it hours? Yo, it was God with me that entire ride. No radio either. Like the the whole thing, I just got there. <laughs> just going start. Very first thing I do is I start visiting gyms. I had nowhere to stay. You guys, know I had nowhere to stay, but I didn't care at this point. I had slept in my car before. I could do it again. I'm I'm with it. So I'm visiting gyms. I'm again just soliciting. This is what I'm trying to do. I can help you build your membership. I can, you know, merge sports and fitness, just pitching the same old thing going over and over and over again. And luckily I found a, uh, what was it? It was uh, an efficiency, a little apartment, a little $600 a month apartment, but again, no income. So I'm in the apartment, <laughs> but I have no income. And right. again, I go, and this is where you guys got to really listen in, really listen in to what I'm telling you right now. You have to sell yourself. At some point in life, you can't avoid sales. There's so many people right now that put up a sales defense or they'll do something only for a certain salary that they're scared of salespeople. Because I walked into an Orange Theory Fitness that was local to my efficiency, and I luckily met the guy who was a regional district manager. And I was like, hey, you guys need some salespeople? And immediately there was just synergy. We had literally the same resume. His name is Drew. Just like uh, Dupree, worked at LA Fitness, you know, he was like the top, top guy at L.A. Fitness, made a ton of money. And then him and L.A. Fitness fell through. Actually, I've talked about this a little bit on my other podcast. But his, the owner of the entire franchise, was a former L.A. Fitness guy. So there was just immediate synergy right then and there. And I found, I kind of found my way. I found a job there right away. And then I'm working there for a few months. And I kind of picked up how to sell. I started to pick up exactly what I was good at. You're good at selling people. You're good at getting people into the gym. You're good at really connecting the fitness world to the athletic world. That's what I started to realize I was good at. And I randomly check an email that I don't normally check. And who is it? The Miami Dolphins Foundation. And this, I was in St. Petersburg, bro. <laughs> I was no, I, when I first decided to move to Florida, I was like anywhere but Miami. Anywhere but Miami, dog. I'm not going to do it. My cousin live out there. He don't like it. Anywhere but South Florida. And then I'm checking my email. I'm like, oh, the Miami Dolphins Foundation. And I told myself before 30, I wanted to be with a pro team. That's why I tried wow. to start the Ocean City Sharks, because I wanted to create a feeder team for an NFL team. So the Miami Dolphins Foundation hits me up and has nothing to do with football. It's all sales. It's foundation work. It's like stuff like the Dolphins Cancer Challenge. There's so many positions that I didn't even know existed, dog. Like, I thought it was just you either scout or coach or play. That was it, or own. I didn't realize there was an actual foundation where they're doing this kind of work, where they're trying to connect with the community, where they're trying to do things that really boost their uh, ticket sales or just make sure the community's engaged in some kind of way. So the Miami Dolphins Foundation hits me up. I drive three hours, and again, I'm dri I'm still doing this old, rusty Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> like, so, by the way, one night it did break down on me, and I had to – the tire, yeah, the tires blew one night, and I had to sleep at the tire shop because this was before I found my place, and I had to spend oh. everything I had on the tire shop. So when I tell you it's rough, guys, it's rough. It ain't easy. 
and again, I don't know anyone in Florida. I'm just out here and I'm looking at God. I'm like, come on, God. What's up, dog? What's up, player? <laughs> what are we doing, up, dog? Man? What are we doing, D? What's up? <laughs> so, so I'll make it. The Mercedes Benz makes it. I actually, this is what happened. I, got, I found AAA. I got AAA. I did get AAA. So it was some peace of mind as I'm driving to, to South Florida. I had AAA. Drive out there, do the interview, and I get the job. Now, you got to keep in mind, this is a part-time position. They don't start you off as full-time with the Miami Dolphins. So I still had to find another gym to work with. And that's really when my life really started to take off because the gym I found was a gym called Nine Round, Nine Round Kickboxing and Fitness. And that's really where I found my voice. You know, luckily that there was a couch. I didn't have to pay rent. And it was a situation where I just was able to stack my funds, stack my funds, stack my funds, enough to where I got a brand new car. The, the, the brand new car I'm sitting in right now, a 2020, two, uh, a 2020 Toyota Camry is what I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> Very mm-hmm. dependable that I, I was able to pay for my credit. You got to think, I got the South Florida out of 400 credit score, Taj. Now I'm close <laughs> right. to 700. I'm close to 700. I was able to walk into the dealership and not have to put anything down. That was like a really rewarding feeling for me. But more importantly, at nine rounds is where I developed my voice. Like I tell people that the Miami Dolphins Foundation is what got me to Florida, or South Florida. But the nine round is where I found my voice because I was able to learn how to teach people how to box. And if you look at Jim44.com, if I, told, if I spoke to any football player that wasn't Taj, they would say, is it boxing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Every single effing person outside of Taj would look, and my mom would look at me and say, oh, well, even my mom would allude to it at times. Is it just boxing? No, man. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to hear all this stuff about, well, he don't rep boxing or he can't teach boxing. It's like, okay, I'm going to learn how to teach it. So I learned how to do that. I started to see just how much it changed the psyche of a person. You know, there were ladies who were dealing with domestic abuse situations. There were ladies who were really shy. There were people who were just like me that lost everything. I mean, there was one lady, I'll never forget her. She came into the gym one day and she said she lost her job and signed her divorce papers all within 48 hours. Wow. <laughs> all, and they trust me. You know what it is to be trusted with that kind of information as, as someone who's just not even, I'm not even, I'm not a certified trainer. But I'm, I tell people all the time, I'm more like a therapist to where now you're trusting me with that kind of information. And I just want to do what I have to do to honor it. So over time, I met Nine Round. I'm working the Miami Dolphins Foundation. And I'm like, you know what? I have to learn how to speak because there's so many stories, so many great things I have to tell people. I got to learn how to speak. And I Google just, you know, places in which I can develop as a speaker. And Toastmasters comes up. And, and I'm organizing, I'm starting to learn how to make sure you're talking, no ums, no ends, no this, no that. Make sure points, make sure you're slowing down, make sure there are so many things that happen when you go to Toastmasters that you really don't realize that you can use in your, your day-to-day life. And what happened was I gave a speech that got some great, great feedback. And my man, his name is Mac. Shout out to Mac. Hope you're listening to this. Mac just looks at me, he goes, bro, you got to get your own content. You have got to get your own content. If you don't get your own content, you're going to be losing money by the day. And mm. it was at that point where I was, I was up for probably at least 48 hours straight. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep because this word swift, this word swift kept hitting me. 
It kept hitting me. It's swift, swift, swift. What the hell? Why am I saying swift? Right? And it, it just so happened I was listening to this speaker named Kendall Flickin, and I was watching a lot of his YouTube clips, and he would take people and put them in the categories. Like, he would take Utah and make you a, an alligator and then make someone a lion, make someone a peacock, and he would go to certain, like, jobs and professional environments and say, which category are you? And that's when I kind of got the idea to put people in categories, and boom! I'm, 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 I got to call you guys teammates, teammates, teammates! <laughs> this is where when i played at stony brook this is where it really came the this is where everything came full circle because he'll he'll tell you when we played football he, they put us in the three groups they put us in group a they put us in group b and first in group c group a were the skilled guys they were the receivers they were the Todges, the cornerbacks group b was my group the linebackers and the tight ends and the quarterbacks and group c was the the linemen, the big boys, and they were all separated in certain times. And then there was that guy like Ta, oh, not Ta, John, Pops, Jonas, who was Group C, but he's running with the Group A. And I would right. tell people all the time that Pops was the best athlete on the team. Or there was a Tucci who was a linebacker, but he's running with the Group A. Mm-hmm. And then boom, 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 just like Coach P used to say. Ah, <laughs> the magic happened. <laughs> Swift, if you go skilled, you go well-informed, you're a front team, but what do you have to add to make it swiftly? What do you have to add? Go ahead, you can answer it, bro. You got to add that L-Y, L-Y, man. You, you got to add, add the L-Y. L-Y. And I'm not going to tell what the L-Y stands for, but you got to add your L-Y. You're not going to tell it? Huh? You're not going to tell it? Lift the yourself. Yeah, lift yourself. The second one's coming up. Lift yourself. They're skilled, there's well informed, there's front team. Get the book and you know, we'll you can dive into it and all that. But the L Y stands for lift yourself. Just like Pops would lift himself from the group C and say, you know what, if I'm trying to make it to the league, I need to be running with the group A's. So just like you're in your job and you're listening to whatever you're listening to it from wherever you're listening to it right now, you could be someone that's cleaning floors every day. If you wanna leave that situation, you got to figure out how to sell whatever it is your company's selling. And you got to figure out how to manage certain things. Not to say you got to be the best at it, but if you're able to clean floors and sell and manage, at, the, at that point, you won't need your boss to promote you. You could start up your own company at that point because you have it all in place. Look at me. I told you guys a story. I used to clean the gym. I used to wipe down treadmills to clean bathrooms. And then I went from that to selling gym memberships. And then I went for multiple gym franchises and I started working with different sports teams. And at this point, I'm not waiting for some promotion. I'm just waiting for my own stuff to take off. That's what happens when you lift yourself every day. And when you apply it to your life, all this stuff that we talk about guys is very applicable to your life, no matter what view or what lens you're looking at it from. These aren't just two football players talking. These two people that don't hit rock bottom and seeing things from the bottom up. Right. Yeah, man. I get, I'm, I definitely had the car repossessed too. I've definitely had moving back in with, with moms and with my folks and, and having mom tell me it's going to be all right, laid it out too. So for sure, man, I want to touch on something just to kind of tie in the LY too about lifting yourself. Cause I want to hear more about what it was like for you, like the process mm-hmm. for lifting yourself. But like, cause you said you developed your voice at nine rounds, right? Mm-hmm. But what was 
what was the actual moment? Maybe it was that moment, but like, when did you decide, okay, you had all the other, other skills. When did you decide you were going to lift yourself? What was that moment like for you? The moment, man, the moment was really, it was a culmination of a few moments. And I mentioned her in the past, but when, when you feel, when you're feeling sorry for yourself, right. And, and you're, you know, I've been single for, since I was in like 10 years now and yeah, I'm out here working on my own and all this stuff. And you think you're having a rough day. You think you're not having, you're not getting things that you want in life. And someone comes to you and this is a mother, someone comes to you and tells you that, she signs her divorce papers and loses her job all within that time frame. It was really that moment because at that point they trusted me with so much. You know what I'm saying? They trusted me with so much important information. And I guess if, if there was a specific moment, it was when it was when I was able to become one of those top sales guys with the Miami Dolphins Foundation. And I was mm. able to manage those women that were seeing me every morning at nine round is when I was able to say, you know what? I know how that, cause that was the dream. The dream was to work for a pro franchise. The dream was to be, you know, this guy that's working for an NFL team and, you know, kind of have my ego to say, Oh, I work for this NFL team and to make people. So they look at me like I'm a success. And then the dream changed a little bit when I realized, you 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 owe people so much more than just having a job, bro. And and really wow. honestly, it was listening it was listening to a lot of what you say about there's a difference between your work and your job. There really is. Given everything I laid out to you guys, I owe a lot of mothers for what my mother did to me. I owe them so much because my mother is one of, you know, millions of mothers out there that will that will see a son or see their kids follow their dream and just so you know Taj, Stony Brook was like a dream school for me it really was they didn't want me I was a walk-on guy you know because of the high school I went to they entertained me so much because they knew I could they could get a lot of those prospects <laughs> actually it was coach golf who was always like hey who's, who's coming from good counsel I'm like bro they're not coming here they're not <laughs> they're talking about they're talking about SEC type talent and he would admit but I was like a guinea pig there. I, I was one of those dudes that I was coaching while I was playing. And mm -hmm. for mothers to see their sons, you know, from seven years old, or whenever you start playing, to have it go all the way into adulthood and to see their dream taken from them and to just have to live life with them. I owe mothers that. I really do. I owe mothers more than just being that guy that is quote unquote successful. I owe them everything like they're really the reason i'm able to do what i do now I'm, I'm working on now i'm building a youth i just started fundraising for a youth center so where we're going to start teaching kids how to box and how to dance and how to do little things that'll carry them on for life like you're not going to be making tackles for the rest of your life you're not going to be scoring touchdowns you're not going to be doing making three-point shots or scoring goals or whatever sport you play but you're going to have to know how to defend yourself for the rest of your life. You're going to have to know how to deal with cardio and or how to have cardio and stamina and mental toughness is what I'm always about now. And I owe those mothers. I really do. Because I was out. My sister became a mother when I was at Stony Brook. My, and she's not with that guy. I mean, the guy is a bleep. And, you know, she's not. 
<laughs> she's not with that dude and between my niece and my nephew they get older and older and I look at them now and I realize you know what I do it for those I do it for those single mothers I do it for those mothers that are really trying and they never get the credit they never get and they don't they do it from a place of not wanting any credit they just want their kids to be happy at the end of the day so I, I really owe them more than anything Wow, man. I love how you say you owe people so much more than your job, man. That might even be the title of the episode when I posted on my podcast. I really like that. That was um, you. That was you, dog. Job versus work. I posted that uh, the other day. Job versus yeah, work. The way you said it, though, just kind of like the way you like you owe people. Because when I say it, you know, I do talk about that a lot. Like there's a difference between your job versus your work. And I'm more so talking about like for the individual, like there's a difference yeah. there. And, you know, you owe it to yourself. But I like how you tied it into other people. Like you owe people, right. you owe people so much more than whatever it is you do to pay bills. Like what? What else are you doing? You know, like what? What else is exactly. your contribution? You know, um, and you you definitely been an example of that. Like I said, you were the one who got me back into reading and gave me a bunch of suggestions. You always encouraged me with whatever I was doing, man. Even if it was music, like you always just hey, keep doing it, man. Like put yourself out there. Whatever you do, keep doing it. Um, what was like the the what was the thing that made you say, okay, number one, I'm going to write a book. And then also on top of that, launch a podcast too. All right. Well, the book, the book was written probably all right, when I first graduated from Stony Brook, when I first got home, there was during the year of the NFL lockout. Right. And I wanted to work in the NFL. That was my goal. That was my dream. And I realized that it wasn't going to happen doing it the normal way. Whatever they were doing, whoever was already working in the NFL, whoever was running it and whoever was just part of it, they were wrong. Something was wrong with the system. <laughs> All right. So I started keeping a diary in 2010. And yes, men, keep a diary. I'm, I'm admitting that on air, straight up. <laughs> uh, so I had like 300 pages and I would just write ferociously. It is, and Todd, you know this now, it is therapeutic to get it off your chest. It's therapeutic. And then all the other stuff started happening, like the Ocean City Sharks, the Gym 40, all the other stuff that I was trying to do started happening. And I stopped writing. Now, once I made the decision that South Florida was my home, you know, I just, I love the way the communities embrace me. I love the people out here. I love just being around the Caribbean community. I'm, I'm from Trinidad. My family's from Trinidad. I just love being around the people, you know, football and fitness. That's South Florida. So I can't leave. So once I realized this is where I want to make my home, where I want to build my family, raise my family, I went back into that book and I had made edits. And it, right now it really isn't the right time to release the, the autobiography. So what I started to realize is I have to figure out a way to connect. I have to figure out a really quick read, something, because we live in a social media fueled world, but people ain't going to just sit down and read a 300 page book if they don't know you, right? Mm -hmm. It just ain't going to happen. So I started to, that's when I, you know, got into, you know, the Toastmasters and there were other people that wrote books and there were other people that run youth centers and all these things. And I said, how can I figure out something that's going to get them, get their attention and then just make it so they want more, make it so they want more. Don't give them too much. And I took a lot of the stories that I wrote in my diary and I put it in swiftly for a reason, just so they know it's not someone that's talking to them from this perspective of as one has it all figured out. No, Aswan does not have it all figured out. Aswan is so far from having it all figured out. It's just he started to really make up his mind and just grind and say the heck with it. Just mm. say the heck with it. And put 
insert, I saw put pieces of my diary in swiftly and I'm just teaching people, look, I get it. I'm with you. But if we, like, I'll give you an example. I had someone read it just the other day and he's a mentor of mine and he noticed some grammatical errors and some punctuation errors. And I didn't feel any real sense of pressure to go back and change it because the whole book is about how do I improve for tomorrow? So the, so the next book is going to be about, okay, this is how I improve. If you were to, and you read it, so you know there were lines about how you could lift yourself every day. If you were to look at my copy right now, the first thing you would see was makeyourmove.com mm-hmm. that I wrote down under that L-Y. So when I'm giving a talk and I'm saying, you know, I'm talking to these kids or I'm talking to someone that's trying to get out of this situation, I can pull out my copy just like it's the Bible and say, this is what I did. So there's no excuse why you can't do it. Right. That's real, man. And then you you launched the book and then shortly after that, you launched the podcast, Move Swiftly Podcast, right? Now this this I have to give you credit for because I, I honestly I put it I put it on the back of the book, but I really thought I was gonna have to pay a whole set of money to start a podcast. And then I, I reconnected with you and you told me about Anchor and that's when it that's when it all kind of started. Cause you were you were the first guest and the feedback from that one was like Damn! I mean, I have people coming to the gym. Like, dang, dog, you got two positive brothers just rapping. All right, brother. And then people are going to be like on a whole different level because they didn't, you know, they heard you speak. People, some people don't have the time to read the book. And then uh, COVID happened. COVID hit, and I couldn't go to Toastmasters anymore. Toastmasters wasn't the same, so I just started giving speeches and I was releasing them as podcasts. And then I think who was it? It was. Akeem. Oh, man. Akeem Hebron. Hebroni. Shout out to Akeem. Now, Akeem was, he was the linebacker ahead of me when I was at Good Council. And Akeem was the first, first team All-American, first team U.S. Army All-American. He went on to play at the University of Georgia, SEC, Georgia Bulldogs, all that. He and Jelani were the two linebackers I played with. Jelani played for the, for the, uh, for the Gators, and then he went on to play for the Miami Dolphins. And he had a couple played for a couple teams in the NFL. But anyway, Akeem messages me randomly. And this is when I was just giving speeches, Taj, and I was just releasing them. Akeem messages me randomly. I haven't heard from him in years. He goes, hey, dog, I'm listening to your podcast. And you got to think, I looked up to him. I'm like, oh, man, Akeem, you, look, you listening to me now. And he right. goes, yeah, I like what you talk about. But he was, like, talking about a game because I was talking about a game we played in high school, whatever. But then I got him on as a guest on my podcast. And then that's when I gained the confidence to start reaching out to people and say, I'll have someone every Sunday. So I'll do the way my podcast works is I do my speech on Wednesday and then I'll have a different guest every Sunday. And it was right. really because of, and this is why I start every, every segment with teammates, 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 because without my teammates, I'm nothing, nothing. So it was a college teammate that started it. And then I was doing it for myself for the longest. And then Akeem had hit me up. And I went right back. I was right back to being a sophomore in high school. We're looking up to him, watching college coach after college coach come in, offer their daughters, you know, cars, whatever. King, please, please, <laughs> please come in. <laughs> and it took me right back then. I was hungry again. I was hungry again. I was like, all right, cool, cool. Let's go. And it's just in a different part of life. You know, Akeem was that guy that when I was in high school, he gave me something to dream, but he changed the way I competed because that was the standard. And now it's, same thing in the real world. You know, you got to find you some people that are raising the standard. Don't be mm-hmm. around those mediocre a-holes because they're not serving you. 
It's the people in life that are pushing you in a certain way to say, you know what, I got to get that one day. You need it. You need it if you're going to survive in this real world. You need people that are doing big things because if you observe them enough, you'll, you'll be benefit. You'll benefit and you'll find your truth through that. But you will not find your truth if you're standing around just mediocre people and you got to drinking every night, Monday through Tuesday, wondering why you're not getting a promotion, wondering why you're not getting anywhere in life. It's because you ain't around anyone that, that's doing anything great. Man, that's some bars right there, man. I hope anybody listening you might want to run that back and take notes on that one because I got a page full of notes over here just listening for like Jim, you dropped. Like, on fire, man, on fire. Great advice, especially to all the, the youngsters out there, everyone who just graduated from college, from college and might be going through a transition in life right now. Everything you just shared is invaluable, man. So, I mean... You're doing big things. You got the, the Move Swiftly podcast. The book Swiftly is out. I know you're working on the next book. And the Youth Center is just, can you just talk about like, what is next for Aswan in general? What is next? What is, what is your next move? We got the hashtag, make your move. You know, talk about what's, what's coming. What are you working towards building aside from the, not aside from, but including the Youth Center and anything else you got going on? Yeah, the, so the youth center has, has uh, the youth center has become my end game. It really has. Now the the youth center, the name Make It Move. I'll start about a year ago. I went to see Tony Robbins. We all know that name, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, and I'm not gonna lie, I stole the name Make It Move from him because he'd get the crowd all excited and he'd go into his curriculum where he would make people. He would have people put, stick their chest out. Well, it's hard for me to explain it over the phone, but he would have people stick their chest out and it shows a level of confidence. And he'd get the crowd all excited. He'd scream, make a move, make a move, make a move. And the, <laughs> the crowd would go crazy. So it was a few months after that, you know, Swiftly had come out and I was driving to my aunt's house and like she's in South Miami. And I was thinking, I'm like, how how can I really sell this thing? You know, because at this point, all of the people that said they were going to buy it didn't. You know, the family and friends, you got to let them go. At this point, you're in a completely different world. You got a product and you got to sell. And Taj, I know you know a little bit about this. And I had to figure out what are you going to do to make it so this book sells year in and year out? That it's not just a, a hot thing, but it's something that constantly is selling over. Because this is something... Someone could pick up 60 years from now and say, you know what? I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's something that could, it could hit me the same way the books I recommended to you, someone could recommend swiftly to someone else. And it could be uh, that life-changing. So I had to think of what's going to get this book the platform it needs. And the, the word move, move, move. I'm like, Tony Robbins, come on, baby, talk to me. I'm driving, I'm driving to Miami. Come on, brother, come on. And it's like, make your move, make your move immediately i buy the domain name right i didn't get out the car i buy the domain name <laughs> all right <laughs> i have it and it's just a website i just i don't know what i'm gonna do with it it's nothing for months it's nothing and then COVID happens me and my nine round owner we have our differences he, he aggravates me in so many ways because we're losing members so i started doing free workouts at the park and a lot of the ladies that, you know, have believed in me over the past few years, they come out every Sunday to work out with me in the park. And they were telling me, man, you got to get a website. You got to do this. You got to do that. They were like mothers that were in Florida. They were like my South Florida mothers. And I was like, you know what? I have the website. I bought the domain name, Make It Move. But I never really had a reason to, to add anything to it. 
And then boom, that's when the reason happened. You know, some of them would bring their kids out and I can, you know, teach them just some of the basic boxing moves and stuff like that. So that's when I started adding to the website. Luckily, one of the mothers, she's a photographer. That's where you got to see so, so many great pictures now. She's a photographer and she was, you know, she was willing to snap some shots. And then I pretty much did the rest in terms of making the, the website presented in a way that it is now. So the Make It Move Youth Center, just so I can answer your question, is going to be, I started fundraising. There's a, there's a, if you go on the website, you'll see all the links, but there's a place you could purchase certain products. And yes, I made them very, very expensive for a reason, because most of the money is going to be fundraising for the youth center. I made the training rates affordable, but I made the products expensive because I want you guys to understand that that logo is going to mean a young kid is going to learn how to develop his social skills. A young kid is going to learn how to box. A young kid's going to learn how to dance. And everything I've lived through from, you know, Stony Brook to Good Counsel to Carson Newman to all the gyms I've worked at and all the salespeople I've been around. <clears throat> if you have two activities, it's boxing and dance that can really create the confidence that you need as a kid. Just think about all you adults listening right now. Think about how your life would change if you learn how to dance and you learn how to box. If you know how to dance as a, as a man, you wouldn't be afraid of going up and asking that girl to go dance at a party. And you might be married to your dream woman right now. <laughs> you know, there, there's, some great, there's some great athletes out there that have taken dance lessons like Herschel Walker, Eddie George, uh, Lynn Swan, ballet, you know, all these things that I didn't think about when I was playing because I was so hung up on that effing scholarship word. I didn't think about how was I going to do the little things to make myself better? So boxing and dance just makes you better because of the confidence it builds and the skill set it adds. So that's, that's what the Make You Move Youth Center will be. It'll be a place where kids can come in for very affordable fees and learn how to box or learn how to dance and have that carry you into other aspects of your life. Whether you want to use it in sports, whether you want to use it to ask that girl that you've been looking at all day, whether you want to be the first one to ask her to dance at a party, whatever it is, you know how to do it now. Or let, let's say it's a bully. Let's say it's a bully that keeps talking, thinks you weak, he thinks you because you're quiet, you don't know how to defend yourself, but he keeps chirping, he keeps chirping, and Todd knows a few of them. You know, we had quite a few of them at Stony Brook. He keeps chirping, he keeps chirping, <laughs> and then he starts to put his hands on you. It's like, okay, you touch me, now I got these hands. Now, now I'm going to hook, cross, yeah, cross, yeah, cross, uppercut, hook, cross, and you'll know how to defend yourself. So your confidence is going to build. So makeyamove.com, that's how I'm living. That's my new movement, M-A-K-E-Y-A-M-O-V-E.com. Makeyamove.com, check it out. Enjoy yourself, be happy, and, and just appreciate your support from now because um, I'm telling you, it's going to be something big. It's going to be something big. That's dope, man. Thank you for sharing that. And then on makeyamove.com, can they access the podcast and the book and all that stuff and your social media? Yeah, or so the where, book. Where should they go for that? Yeah, the yeah, all that stuff will be announced on the landing page. And then the shop will have, you know, they'll have the logo with you know, added T-shirts and jackets and coolers, briefcases, bags for, you know, a lot of it is um, school supplies and office supplies. You know, people that really, they they can really see it. They really want to get their hands on it. They can really understand it. Well, that logo represents something real. So makingmove.com mm -hmm. has all the links. Just check it out. And, and we'll go from there. 
that's dope, man. Well, as one crunk, I, I've been trying to avoid calling you crunk the whole time because that's your nickname for college. But for anybody oh, yeah. I call oh, yeah. as one shake, I just call him crunk out of love. That's my big bro, man. But thank you for coming oh, on. Man. I missed thank it though. I, miss, I do miss that. That's the one thing I do miss from college, boy. Man. Hey, you know, you're always going to be crunk to me, man. You know, always going to be You went a lot. Of, listen, there's a lot of players that don't only know me as crunk. <laughs> All right, they don't even know your real name. They don't even know the government. They name, don't. Man. Coach Free never knew. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Hey, well, you came on here. You shared. This is the reason, you know, obviously this is going on the Thrive After Sports podcast, but this is the Power of Story podcast as well. And you have definitely shared and brought tremendous value through your story from going, from sleeping in the car, man, from, you know, crying in mom's arms to moving cities and not having a place to sleep from sleeping at the tire shop. Come on, man. How many people had a story like that? How many people got a story like that? But all of that to being able to, to, to continue to build, to continue to stay on your mission, being able to make the dream come true of working with the NFL franchise, you know, starting your own business and the podcast, the book, the youth center that is, is going to be here sooner than later. Just super inspiring stuff, man. Like, I'm, I'm inspired just hearing it all over again. And, you know, I already knew these things about you, but just hearing it laid out like this. And I've, I've been, you know, we've been following each other's journey the whole time, but just to hear you share it again is very inspiring. I know a lot of people are going to get value out of it. So thank you again for coming on, brother. And I'm um, looking forward just to con continue and grow and build with you, man. Likewise, likewise, man. I, I, I think it was, I was watching something and, was, oh yeah, it was so it was the Dolphins and uh, Rams were playing, and they were talking about how Sean McVay had a college team as his linebackers coach, and his college teammate. They've been knowing each other for like forty years, so wow. you know this is <laughs> this is not uncommon, Taj, and it, it's real. It's real. You are in Los Angeles, or not? You're in Cali somewhere, and I'm in Florida. We're on opposite coasts, and when you live through something, and, and that's really what I want people to hold on to. When you live through these things. It's so much more than playing a game. It's so much more. It's so much more, guys. You know, and I, I, we'd probably be on here for hours and hours and hours, but I would just let it. I would just let it go. Just understand, it's so much more, man. It's so much more. And I appreciate you having me on. It's been incredible. Thank you for for getting me getting me riled up. I'm about to. Matter of fact, I'm gonna go record one for my podcast now because I'm already right. riled up. I'm like, hot. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. That's what's up, man. All right. That's a perfect way to wrap it up. Everybody go check out the make, uh, makeitmove.com. Check out the make, uh, Move Swiftly podcast on all podcast platforms. Go look into what this man Aswan is doing. Great work. Every time I look up, man, he's teaching kids how to box. You better watch out. It's going to be a lot of kids running around with hands. So, you know what I'm saying? You better be I'm careful out there. You. <laughs> better watch your back. I'm trying to tell right. you. Watch how you talk to people, bro. <laughs> That's right, man. You never know who has hands. Don't get surprised. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's right, man. All right, brother. Hey, have a good night, man. We'll talk soon, as always. All right. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Just wait. And I ain't breaking my word I just wish that I could fly like a bird Get away from this earth
Had a prayer and prayer, felt I was cursed Always tell myself it could've been worse Never going back, I broke the reverse It come from my soul, no need to rehearse A lot of time I was in need of work Talk to God like I need this to work Jump the line like I needed it first But I was being selfish, know this don't affect a lot of people I was being careless, took a break and stepped away I'm coming back when I get ready I know this breaks people into pieces, but I ain't gonna let it Yo Blaze, you crazy for this one Hey, All the champions out there feel so good Hey, I said it feels so good We will, we will, we will Taking 